Hey there, it's Meredith. All right, in today's episode, we're talking about lessons I've learned in building a business to making a million in revenue in 2022. And I am not sharing that to brag. Let me tell you, I'm actually very squeamish about it. So is Alex. And we just don't want to set off, I don't know, give off the wrong message. And like, we're not super grounded still in this and wildly committed to our members. But the reason that I decided to share that in this whole story is that we would not exist today had I not figured out how to build a grant writing consulting business to 250K a year. And that's now what I teach members in the collective to do. When I was in college, I had a bunch of professors in business and I thought, okay, but have you ever built a business? Like, can you really be teaching me stuff that's relevant right now if you've never done this and been a professor your whole life? That's just theory. So I do think it's really important that to teach something, you have had to go there yourself. So my dharma, life mission, if you will, is to inspire more women to try their hand at entrepreneurship. Obviously, if some dudes want to try it too, you guys are totally welcome to come along. But my personal mission is seeing more women go for it. So I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way, and I want to pass on that knowledge as I go through it, because I think it's easy to forget some of the lessons learned in the journey without taking moments to reflect. In fact, I've actually been thinking about writing a book, which would not have anything to do with grant writing. It would just literally be about what we did to build this business for others that are trying to do the same thing with courses and membership sites. But it has felt very contractive for me. It has not been this, heck yes, I'm fired up. I'm going to go do it. And I think it's because I've got all these fears around, okay, but can we double again this year? Heck, are we even going to make the same amount of revenue? And uh, just more pressure, more like we made major, 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 major investments in team. Um, can, can we do this? Are our members getting wildly amazing results? Like what, what can we do with, um, with the resources that we have? So with that, let's get into the top seven lessons I have learned in making a million in revenue. Welcome to the unicorn living podcast. I'm Meredith and I'm Alex. You probably know us as the chief grant writing unicorns as founders of LearnGrantWriting.org. But we do more than teach burnt out professionals how to build a flexible, well-paying, and meaningful career in grant writing. In this podcast, we share the real, behind-the-scenes strategies and stories behind building a life you love. That life you want isn't as far away as it might seem. All right, let's hit it. Lesson number one, solve one big, chunky problem. There has to be a clear problem to solve for a business to exist. All right, so why does my fancy chocolate bar, FYI, my favorite chocolate is this brand called Mast. Okay, what problem is it solving for me? It is solving for me the need to temporarily escape. I know you could say that's bad, but whatever. And go into this world where I can just like sit on the couch and eat a little bit of chocolate and just feel amazing, right? Grant writing, what problem are we solving? We are solving the problem of nonprofits have no idea often where to find grants, chase them haphazardly, and how do we actually help them bring a strategy to grant research process and of course, writing winning proposals. Uh, why does the collective exist? Because the big chunky problem there is that often we don't know how to launch a new career into grant writing, how to break into the century industry if you don't have prior experience, right? So. My original idea that I literally left corporate to do, and it had nothing to do with grant writing. In fact, I had pledged to never write another grant again. I had this totally different business in mind. And the problem was it was an idea. And yeah, it sounded like a good idea, but I could not land on what is the common theme 
for the problem that needs solved here. And when I would do all my customer discovery interviews, I would get a different answer every time of what the problem was. And that's, uh, does not make it easy. It's impossible. It's simply impossible to build a business if there is not clarity around that one big chunky problem. Lesson number two, fail fast. All right, fail fast and fail forward. So you don't have the resources when you're a scrappy little startup to of a big company that can delay decision-making. There, when I was in corporate, I was always perplexed at how long it would take for leadership to get rid of someone that was really lousy or really affecting morale, and they would just keep them around. And it's because they had the resources. They could keep paying these people that weren't doing anything, right? Whereas when you're working for yourself, like it's tight, margins are tight. If you just brought on someone to help you, and I'll give an example. I had, yeah, let's see, I brought on this part-time, well, it was just this contract grant writer to help me write a grant years ago. And I just felt like our start was not strong. We were, and I, I had teed her up. Like it wasn't like, cause I didn't do my part, but I just didn't feel like she was uptaking on it. And it was going to get us to the end without me having to pick up a ton of slack. And so I told her, look, I am, I am not coming after you personally. I just have this feeling that this isn't going to work out. Like, I don't think um, your head is in the game and I, I really need to just stop work on this. And I know that might feel weird because you haven't done anything wrong technically. I, I just need to stop work. And I'm so glad I did because then I just, you know, pivoted quickly, found someone else to do it and they crushed it. And PS, this whole process of finding temporary grant writers to work with me on projects was incredibly arduous and hard. So you're welcome that you can now just easily go into the community group and find literally an infinite number of awesome people to work with. That was a big problem that I was solving. Okay. Even this summer, there was, there's this other business in this space that totally rips us off of our ideas and uh, literally had some of our ex a students sent it to us, like our exact language taught in the course they were calling their own, which totally called for sending a cease and desist letter. My lawyer couldn't do it, so he recommended us to someone else. And I started working with this person and the letter came back and it was just so far off. It was so far off that I realized, like, why am I paying you hundreds and hundreds, thousands of dollars to write this thing when we're, we're, you're not getting it? And I had done a lot of good prep. And it, again, it wasn't a pro, it's not her fault per se, like she's never worked with me for, before. We didn't have that relationship. Uh, but I, I told her, I was like, look, I'm really sorry, but I just, I need to call the quits on this and, and not continue to work together because I just say like, we're too far off to actually close the gap. That was failing fast. And honestly, she was so impressed by my candidness that she didn't charge me a penny, which was cool. Okay. Uh, lesson number three, date before marriage. All right. Sometimes people look at Alex and I and think that we were a package that began in the very beginning and it's always been the two of us. That's not the case. Actually, we're in the business for two years before Alex came into the mix and I didn't know her very well. She was basically a stranger, but a nice, sweet, new stranger in the neighborhood. So I asked her with her strong project management skills to help me manage all of those COVID-19 grants that we were helping clients pursue with a team of six hired literally within two weeks. It was crazy. And so we met in January. It was actually right when I'd hired my first employee ever. And she was, I later learned, very disappointed because she heard me describe the position and she thought, oh, I totally could have done that. So funny how things work out. And we got married, if you will, in January of 2022. That was when we had our work wedding where Alex officially became a business partner in Learn Grant Writing and has ownership 
of the company. So I emphasize this because everyone wants an Alex, everybody. I mean, don't you all? Oh my gosh, she's amazing. But you don't just magically pluck that person out. You don't just find a co-founder. You don't just find the perfect person that's your operator that you can work with or your visionary if you're an operator. It takes a little bit of dating. It takes starting on a project, working it out, seeing how it goes. So I just really encourage you to not get, not start getting, don't get wound up in uh, imaginary stories in your head of what a person is going to be. I've definitely run into that before. Instead, focus on like, what is a tangible project that we can work on so we can see a win within 90 days and really know, is this a good relationship? Lesson number four, your customer holds the puzzle pieces. Okay, so two years ago, exactly, in December 2021, we had a very, uh, we had a sinking business. Okay, we were two months away or less from closing the doors and needing to just go get jobs or go grant right consult again, but not teach an online course. And the reason was I didn't have um, all amazing customers. I had some people that were real energy suckers. And so we ended up doing all these informational interviews, I practice what I preach, with the people that we loved the most. And almost all of those people became customers that are still OGs, still with us. And they didn't tell me the solution. They didn't tell me exactly what it was that they needed from us, but they gave clues. They each had a puzzle piece. And when you combine all of those informational interviews and you piece together the puzzle pieces, all of a sudden you see the vision. You're not guessing, you're not throwing darts at a wall. You're, it's, it's very informed by what someone is trying to solve a problem in their life and how then you the, can, can actually solve for that. But based on their real problems, not what you think their problem is. I'll give an example. I'm helping mentor this gal that is doing SEO for small healthcare businesses. So this would be like naturopaths or kind of one to two person shops, maybe five people tops. So not a large hospital. And she asked for some advice. So I gave her the like 10 step process of what I would do. And she tried to do all 10 steps at the same time and it didn't work out. So she came back to me and now we're actually working together in a more meaningful way where it's like, okay, one thing at a time. And that first thing is what I call the dreamy customer journey map, where you don't do anything until you've had at least 20 informational interviews with who you really want to serve because this will help reveal all of those puzzle pieces so that you actually get where you want to go a lot faster versus what everyone else does, which is really just guessing because it's what you think is a solution. All righty. Lesson number five, scale with systems. All right. So my favorite mentor, Dan Martell, who I took a, an online course from years ago, really taught and introduced us to the concept of SOPs, standard operating procedures. So anytime you're doing something more than once, it's a repeatable process, write down the steps so that when you bring on someone, even if it's just a part-time assistant, someone to manage your inbox, whatever, they have an SOP to follow of how you like it done. Even if you have someone help you book travel, let's say my travel says what if, you know, how to book travel in a way that I like, like avoid the Chicago airport. Don't have a layover that's less than an hour in Seattle. Like these are just little things that you know that now I can relay to the people that help me. And um, so just really want to emphasize the importance of scaling the systems, a book that also helped really solidify this, even though I do feel like it's a little bit sexist, but it's the e-myth. So the entrepreneurial myth. And I recommend checking out that book. 
The other example I'll give of how this worked really beautifully this year was um, we needed to have someone new mail swag to our customers. So we send really cool gifts when you hit different revenue milestones or you win a new job or you hit a, um, a milestone in grants that you've won. And also when new people sign up, if they sign up within seven days and utilize the bonus offer and they get a free book and et cetera, you know, we actually have to mail those out. And so it needed someone else to do this. Alex is on a sabbatical. I was about to take off for three weeks myself and literally found this gal locally and she onboarded and was executing a actually rather complex task in terms of all these different systems and how it all works within a couple of days. It was amazing. And so all of that is only possible because we had very detailed SOPs. So I just want to encourage you to think about this, even in your own life, like applying SOPs to your personal life. Um, I've started doing an SOP for like, I don't, I don't know, I'm a new homeowner. Okay. You're supposed to have a filter changed right in your furnace. Okay, well, I'm not going to just randomly remember every three months to do that. So I've actually set that up as an Asana task. It repeats and I know, okay, where do I buy more? What's the cadence for replacing them, etc. That is an SOP, right? All right. Lesson number six, growth is on the other side of hard. Growth is on the other side of hard. Okay, so this time last year, our team was a little bit of a hot mess. This is because we were working actually with, we didn't actually have, everyone that was working with us weren't actually our employees or contractors. We had a relationship with a, like a virtual assistant company, and then they had a lot of people worked um, with us, but we didn't have access to those people. One of them was actually Alex's sister, Erica. So we, Erica was looking for a job. We recommended them, they hired her. And so she was working on our business, but it was, it was like, we never worked with her directly. We didn't have a weekly sync. And we really just had to completely rethink that. And, and that is when our weekly sync and weekly team meeting came to be that Alex invented and it's freaking genius. Uh, and, and everything now moves so much more smoothly. And I've noticed that this, even in my own personal life with all of the kind of personal growth I'm going through, I've realized that like, this is hard. It's mucky. It's not very pretty. I'm having to face all sorts of things that I struggle with, a great deal of fear, criticism, negativity, et cetera. And I am coming through that, uh, but I know that on the other side of this, like there will be ease, but I do have to go through this phase. And that's, and like the greatest growth will come from doing the hard things. So I just want to emphasize that if you're in, which you probably are, if you are the person that's trying to debate, do I do a career change? Do I chase this new goal down? Do I overhaul my life to chase a bigger dream? Yeah, it's going to be hard for a while, okay? It's going to be rough. You're going to be working in overtime. It's going to be a tough season. And the growth is on the other side of that. It's worth it. Okay, final lesson. Here we go. Lesson number seven, put a wig on it. Okay, so I stopped racing when I was really at my business going because I was taking it way too seriously. Remember that soggy bottom race I told you about earlier, that 110-mile mountain bike race? I got so stressed about that race that I got this freaking cystic acne on my chin that was literally as big as a freaking marble. The other time I had that happen was actually when I was launching my business and I did a bunch of grant writing workshops throughout Alaska. And the final one was in Anchorage in a movie theater with 250 people in it. Okay. And I don't actually like that stuff. I don't want to be the center of attention. Like it's not comfortable. And I was so stressed out about it that I, um, literally got another one of these like gargantuan cystic acnes on my chin and it earned under jawline and it really sucked. Right. And what I have learned from all of this is that things come a lot more easily when we're having fun and enjoying the journey. 
So one of the traditions I started was writing on champagne corks, one or two a month, a milestone that was hit that month, something to celebrate. And I have milestone these corks literally for the last three years. I'm looking at one right now. Problem is I don't remember what I was supposed to write on it, so it's plain, which is a problem. But <laughs> uh, usually... Anyway, it's just this beautiful artifact of appreciating the journey and not getting so caught up on the destination, which I know sounds so cliche, but it's true. Here's another example. So I just signed up for the 50K tour of Anchorage. It's this incredible Nordic ski race through the whole city. It's freaking awesome. And I actually am very scared to do it. And I thought, okay, I'm asking my members of the community to do things that are scary, that push them out of their comfort zone. And when was the last time I did something that pushed me out of my comfort zone? And it's because I get so worried I'm going to take this too seriously and stress out and it won't be fun. And so what I realized when I was actually on a ski last night is I think I'm going to dress up like Woody from Toy Story. Like literally go get a kid's costume. I'm sure I can. It'll be great. It'll be a great little great outfit. And I'm going to put on a like a long red haired wig. And there will be no way that when I am climbing up Spencer Loop, which is a freaking hard hill, and looking at my long twirly wig hair at the, you know, swaying below me, like there's no way I can't look down and smile. And if I'm smiling while I'm doing it, I will inherently be in an expansive state and not contractive. So if you need to put a wig on it, seriously, you can go buy some gorgeous ones. Wigs are very beautiful or a tiara or you've got a costume, whatever. Do it and then send out those info interview requests, right? Send the contract with the higher price than you are remotely comfortable doing, right? Try, like really approach the activities you're doing with fun. Put a wig on it and you'll find that so much more is going to unfold for you this year in a positive way. So to recap those seven lessons, one, solve one big chunky problem, two, fail fast, three, date before marriage, four, your customer holds the puzzle pieces, five, scale with systems, six, growth is on the other side of hard, and seven, put a wig on it. All right, that's a wrap, but before you bounce, you might go to the link that's gonna be below to this new training that I put together, I'm very proud of it, and it's about how you create recession-proof opportunities for yourself, and it just, it's great. It really reflects this inflationary environment that we're in and how you can respond to that, again, from a place of expansion, not fear. And if you are a member of the collective, I will see you in the community group. All right, that's a wrap. Talk to you later. If you're burned out in your career, but know that you can't afford to quit cold turkey, and perhaps you're not even sure if you'll like grant writing, then go to learngrantwriting.org slash podcast to watch a free training on how to build a career in grant writing without any prior experience. Two other resources to check out would be our free grant writing class on the website and picking up a copy of our newest book, How to Write a Grant, Become a Grant Writing Unicorn. Have any questions? DM us on Instagram at learngrantwriting, or if you're in the collective, you know where to find us. That's it for now. Go forth and build a life you love.